morning. We're so glad to see each of you. We're so excited that you're here today, and we are going to get involved in worship, um, and we invite you to do so with us as well. Um, so God, we just ask that you would minister to every need that's represented in this house and online. We thank you, God, that through you that we triumph. Amen? Hallelujah. the word of God even more than what I see around me walk by faith and not by sight I believe in what you said deep down deep down in my heart there's a testimony building the hope of eternity walk by faith and not by sight I believe in what you said. My victory is in the promise of eternity. No longer bound by what I see. I have, I have the victory through Christ. We triumph through Christ. We have the victory. Triumph through Christ, we have the victory. Yes, we do. We have the victory. I believe, I believe the word of God, even more than what I see around me. Walk by faith, not by, not by sight. I believe in what you said. My victory, my victory is in the promise of eternity. No longer bound, no longer bound by what I see. you for who you are oh you're everything to me yes lord my victory my victory is guaranteed and not based on the things i see around me his proclamation is my destination what he says i say i see what he said victory is guaranteed and not based on the things I see around me. This proclamation is 
my destination What he says, I'll say I see what he says My victory I got it Eternally Is my destination what he says? I say, I see what he says. Big victory, victory. Through Christ, through Christ, we try, we try, through Christ, we have, we have the victory. Through Christ, we try, through Christ, we have the victory. the screen right there all right praise God hallelujah we have the victory thank you Jesus amen miracles happen thank you miracles happen amen when we believe we receive it thank you Jesus miracles when you move such an easy thing for you to do your hand is moving right now you are still showing up at the tomb of every lazarus your voice is calling me out and right now i know you're able because my god will come through again oh yes because you can do Cause you never lost a battle no you never lost a battle and i know i know you, you never, never will yes oh. oh yes lord i thank you jesus everything's possible by the power of the holy ghost a new wind is blowing right now breaking my heart of stone take it over like it's jericho my walls are all crashing down right now i know you're able my god to come lost a battle and I know I know you never will you can do 
Jesus. I love it. The author of that song says, 
not only that you never lost a battle, but he says, God never wasted a battle. <laughs> We've been through some stuff, y'all. All of us have been through some stuff. But God teaches us through everything. Amen. He's a faithful God. We've seen him move mountains. We've seen him do amazing I've seen things. You move. And he's going to keep you working in our lives. Mountains. Just believe and receive. And I believe. Reach out to him today. I Amen. see you do it again. You made a way. Yes, Lord. Where there was no way. And I believe. I see you do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe, I see, I see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. And I believe, I see you do it again. I see you more. You move the mountains. You move the mountains.
It's going to work. Come on, thank his favor Jesus. upon our life, his promises you, are going to work. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you for your promises. You are not a man that you can oh, lie. God. You don't have the ability to lie. We thank you that your promises for us are yes and amen. God, and we believe it. We see it. God, with our spiritual eyes, the breakthrough. God, that you promised for us. We thank you, God, that you are turning everything around. God, even every impossibility, every situation that seems like there is no recover from. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are going to recover all in Jesus' name. I thank you, God. I thank you for a turnaround for your people. In Jesus' name, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated, those of you here in the house and uh, with a church with us and not sure where you're watching from, but we appreciate you entering into worship. Worship is such a vital part of our services as we give that portion of our service to the Lord in worshiping, exalting, and honoring him. He is so worthy of our praises. I love those songs we sang today. I know that some of us have been through some battles. We've been through some stuff. We didn't understand the outcome of some of those battles. But that's, that second song we sang today, I think it's become my, my, uh, my new favorite. You know, through seasons of life, I have favorites. And I think it's become my new favorite because he is working all things for our good, even when we don't see it. Amen. He has never given up on us. We can't give up on him. And we need to know that even when the adversity is at the greatest and it's the most intense, God is still working. God is still fighting for us. And uh, I said it during at the close of that song, but I just want to say it again. God doesn't waste a battle. He doesn't waste a battle. He is teaching us things. He's strengthening us. He's making an impact in those that are around us, things that we're not even aware of. God is working all things for our good. So I just want to encourage you in that this morning. I want to tell you that as we here in South Louisiana are bracing ourselves for the impact of two storm systems, we know that God is working all things for our good. We want to let you know that we will not have in-house worship uh, this week. Uh, due to the storms, we want you to find a place of safety and, uh, and uh, as the news media say, hunker down. I don't even know if I know exactly what that means, but they all say that, hunker down. So whatever. <laughs> but we're going to find a place where we need to be. If you are in an area where you need to evacuate, we pray safe travels for you. And we pray safety over all of your belongings and your family. And that, that you would not have a, a lot of extra added stress regarding this because we have sure had a lot of stress the past several months don't need extra stress but we're believing that even in this that we don't understand the whys and and etc that we know God is going to work it out and he's going to be with his people and he's going to bring us through this situation he's going to help us so we will not have uh, in New Orleans we've been hosting a grief group on Monday night we will not have that Monday night, nor will we have in-house service Tuesday or Wednesday, but we will have uh, a broadcast that will come to you at 7 p.m. 
on both Tuesday nights and Wednesday night of this week. And we'll look forward to worshiping with you again in the house of the Lord next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. So, uh, Pastor Josh, would you come? We just want to remind you, um, hopefully you've seen it on our social media or the open of this broadcast today in the um, in the video that was prepared. But we do have a fast coming up, a corporate fast, August the 31st. We would love for you to join in with us because there's power in corporate prayer and corporate agreement. God bless you. All right. Good morning. Now, the fast is uh, next Monday. And it'll take us all the way to September 20th, which is on a Sunday, which is actually the last day of Rosh Hashanah. So everybody say goodbye to the Hebrew year 5780 because we're moving into 81. And God says in Psalms 81, I have removed the backbreaking burdens and I have freed you from the hands of hard labor and toil. You called to me in your time of trouble and I rescued you. I came down from the realm of the secret place of thunder where mysteries head and I have come down to save you. We are moving into a new season. Amen. And, uh, and, and I know it's been a tough year, and it seems like, what else is 2020 going to bring? And, you know, everybody was at the beginning of the year. 2020, the year of perfect vision. And the, I'm just going to tell you, the Lord spoke to me in my heart yesterday. He said, this has been a year of perfect vision because I am causing my church to see where they have not been able to see before. Come on, if we would have had eyes, we, had, we would have seen things coming, but our eyes have gotten dull. And God reminded me, he said, it's not that you saw everything coming, but I am teaching you to see beyond what your natural eyes can see. So anyway, I'm just excited because I know we're shifting into a new season. I know we're shifting into a new season. And I know it's been a very hard year, and some people are exhausted, and they're worn out. And it's just like this lethargic thing. Uh, and it's like, how much more can we endure? But I want to encourage you that God is not done. And, and, and there are times of refreshing coming. And, and, and I believe that read Psalms chapter 81. I'm removing the back, your back-breaking burdens off of you. Amen. Jesus said, take upon my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, we just thank you for your yoke, Lord God. Father, we just, uh, we just come, Lord, and we receive you, Father. Father, I, I just pray for protection over your people as they're calling for dual storms to come through this state, Lord God. Father, I pray that your hand will be upon us, that there will be no loss of life, that would, there would be no loss of property, Lord God. Father, your people have been through a lot, but in, in the midst of the storm, God, you came walking to the disciples on the water, Lord God, and even one named Peter was brave enough to go and meet you. Father, I pray that you're calling your people out of a place of comfort, Lord, and you are teaching us to see at a greater level. Father, we give you praise and glory. Father, may you take your kingdom and multiply it. Father, those that have the enemy has stolen and, and, and tried to come against and try to remove and circumvent circumstances against them, Lord God, just as Joseph, even though he was thrown in the pit, he was thrown in the prison time and time again. He rose out of that place, Lord. I thank you that there is a comeback spirit in your people, and we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, you may give. Appreciate your faithfulness and your giving. It's a wonderful day. The Word says this is the day the Lord's made, and I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it. 
And, uh, you know, in spite of all the turmoil and everything that we have going on, and now uh, two hurricanes coming into the Gulf or tropical storms right now into the Gulf, you know, life has a way of, of telling us it is uncertain. But there's one thing that we're certain is the Word of God. One thing we can rest assured that God is with us and He's going to walk with us through any storm that would come our way. I'm going to go into several scriptures here this morning, and uh, I, I went with some of this a little bit Wednesday night, but I'm going to continue with, uh, with um, this topic on Revelation and not dealing with the last book of the Bible, Revelations, the Revelation. It's the manifestation or a sudden impact that takes place in our life that causes us to begin to move forward, causes us to begin to understand a mystery that has been held from us. And Paul talks about this uh, in Scripture, and he says that there is a mystery, a mystery of the kingdom of God that has been held back for ages, but now it's available. Now it is being revealed. And so anytime that we begin to read the Word of God or study the Word of God, we should be attaining revelation. We should be learning something, and not just head knowledge, but something that changes us, something that moves us forward, something that in a moment we look at ourselves and we say, wow, that's what this means. That's what... what uh, uh, he's talking about here, but yet revelation is is good, but without illumination, it doesn't do as much good. So we have to have the illumination of that to know what to do with the revelation that we have received. I want to I want to go through several scriptures here. We go. I'm trying to lay some groundwork here. In Genesis chapter three, we 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 find that. Prior to this, God is creating everything. He's creating the heavens, the earth. He's creating all of the animals, the trees. And then he comes to, to creating man. And out of the dust of the ground, he forms man. And the word says that he breathed into the nostrils of man. And life came into him. But when he's creating man, he makes this statement. He says, we're going we're gonna to make man in our image and in our likeness. So in all actuality, according to the Word of God, that you and I have been created in the image and in the likeness of God. Now, when you see Adam and Eve, he now charges them to have dominion, to multiply, to subdue the earth. He now puts them in charge of the earth. He never changed his mind. Even till today, Man is supposed to have dominion, supposed to multiply, and is supposed to manage the affairs of this world and to subdue it. In, in Genesis chapter 3, it begins to speak of a, of a moment where that, uh, the enemy comes into the garden. I'm going to start with verse 3, chapter 3, verse 3. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day that, they, that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, 
I, 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 I want to stop here just for a moment because I, I believe that our biggest problem is not our ears, it's our eyes. Throughout scriptures, it says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. If we can, if we can tame what we watch, what we look at, then we can conquer a lot of things that would, would try to come into our life. It goes on and says, And she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it unto her husband uh, uh, with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees in the garden. Now, every day, God would come down and fellowship with them. And there was information that was being exchanged. They were telling them of, of, of their day, and God was giving them information and instruction. In other words, he was giving them revelation of how to handle what they were in charge of. Each one of us need revelation. We need understanding. We need it to not only have that, but we, it, we need it to be illuminated in our life so we know how to walk out the affairs of God in our own personal life and to take care of his business here on earth. Verse 9, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Now, I want to stop there just for a moment and make this comment. I have preached from this many different times, and I've heard other people preach of it, and, and they would say in verse 9, and I have said this in verse 9, when God says, where art thou? As if God didn't know where they were. But I, I'm looking at this thing from a whole different perspective now in, in understanding the revelation of God and understanding how that we can miss what God has planned for us even though we have an encounter with God. Now I wonder here in this passage if because they have now walked into sin because of disobedience that, and, and now moved into darkness that God could not see them because of the darkness. Now let's think about it just for a moment because one, one day they're communing with God. The next day after they were in disobedience of God, God now comes and says, where are you, Adam? Now, now we look at this and we can say, okay, God is asking him because God wants Adam to know what happened in his life, and he's proposing these questions to him so Adam can realize what he did wrong. But it could be that God really couldn't see them because they were in the darkness of sin. So, so could it be that the light, God created them in his image and in his likeness, and when we look at God, God is light. The Word tells us, in, 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 uh, I believe it's in Romans, that um, if, you're, if you're in the light, you're not going to stumble. But if you're in darkness, you will stumble because there's no light found in you. Now, if you do a research on light and begin to look at that, as believers, we are the light of this world. Now, the only way that we can put that light out is to walk away from God and not have him existing in us. So it could be in this moment that Adam and Eve has now put their candle out, if you will, 
and they no longer are light in the world. And God is attracted to his likeness. And when he came into the garden, he's actually looking for his light in the world and can't find it. And he's saying, Adam, I know I created you in my image. I know that I created you in our likeness, but I cannot find you. Where are you? And Adam says, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Isn't it interesting here that in Adam and Eve's life, the first humans to walk on the earth, they were in the presence of God, but their eyes now and the deception of Lucifer that's come in, the serpent that's come in, they have bought into what Lucifer has sold them, and now they have lost their light and lost their position with God, and they realize that they're out of place. I want to look here in Samuel, 1 Samuel, and we want to look at uh, chapter 10, 1 Samuel chapter 10, and I want to look down in verse 6. In this story, we find that the, the children of Israel are wanting a king like every other nation. And God doesn't want them to have a king. He wants them to serve him and for him to be king over Israel. But they kept complaining and kept looking at everybody else and comparing themselves to everybody else. And God, in his frustration, allowed them to have a king. And, and he appointed Saul. Samuel, being the prophet of that day, comes along and, and God speaks to him and tells him to go and anoint Saul to become king. So he goes and anoints Saul to become king, and he tells Saul, he says, but before you become king, this is what you need to do. And you need to go to a place where the prophets will be coming out of the hill, coming out of the mountain, and they're going to be, you're going to recognize them because they're going to be playing music. They're going to have the harps, the tim uh, timbrels, they're going to have all of these things. And when you get amongst them, I want you to prophesy with them. Now look at, look at this. Verse 6, chapter 10, verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. This is Samuel talking to, to, to Saul. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. When we think about this, he's not making him another person. As, as would be, he would got Saul and now we got Joe over here. Now he's going to turn Saul into Joe. No, he's not saying that. What he's saying is that you, Saul, are going to become a different person. You're going to become a different man. You're going to, when the Spirit of God comes upon us, it changes us. The Word tells us old things have passed away. When we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, old things have passed away. And he says, behold, all things have become new. And for many people, that only lasts for a short period of time, and they drift back to an old way. And we find that Saul was changed in the moment that he stood amongst the prophets and began to prophesy and began to speak the word of the Lord according to the holy city. And Paul becomes another man. But we know, watching Saul's life in Scripture that he does not stay another man. He goes back and reverts to his old ways. 
And God now has to replace him because he had chosen not to remain the man that God wanted him to be. You see, in our life, if we're not watching, we can have an encounter with God and we can move into his presence and God changes us. But if we're not paying attention in our life and striving to remain that new man, that new creature in Christ Jesus, we can slip back to our old carnal ways. So as, as Saul here, the spirit of the Lord had come upon you when you begin to prophesy and thou shalt prophesy with them and shalt be turned into another man, which tells us that the man he was was not the man he was going to remain. Could be that he's saying that there are two of you. There's the good side of you and then there's the bad side of you. There's the carnal nature and then there's the spirit man. And what was actually taking place was God was turning Saul into a spirit man so that he could hear the voice of God how to lead Israel. But Saul reverted back to his carnal nature and wanted to do it his way. How many times do we have encounters with God and, and we draw close to God and we feel his presence and we hear his voice and he begins to speak to us and begins to direct us, but something comes along and, and interrupts where we're going and causes us to, to go backwards to our old ways. You know, when troubles come, when issues come into our life, it's easy to go back to what you're used to and what you're familiar with. But if we'll stay the course of being the new person that God's created us to be, he will direct you through the storms. He will direct you through the hard times. He will direct you through the issues of life. Before you become king, Saul, I want you to go and hang out with some guys that have mastered being a spirit man. And you are going to turn into another man. The battle that we have, Paul refers to this in scriptures, and he says, from whence has this warring in my members? The things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I'm not doing them. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this sin, from this wickedness, from this darkness inside of me? Paul refers to the emotions and the feelings that he has about this battle that takes place between the, the man that God wants him to be and the carnal man that he's holding on to. For every one of us, there's this battle inside. We want to do good. And I'm not just talking about living right. I'm talking uh, uh, living a moral life. I'm talking about living a spiritual life with God that we understand who God is and where he's wanting us to go and understanding our purpose and our destiny for the times that we have been established in. But we have this war inside and this battle in our heart. So we're dealing with two people. We're dealing with two individuals that's called you, that's called me. We're dealing with the carnal man and we're dealing with the spirit man. Now, if we become the spirit man, then God can speak to us and communicate with us and break through and give us direction 
for the purpose that he has designed us for. Saul now becomes a man of victory and becomes a man of dominion. Remember in Genesis, God says, I'm going I'm to create man from the dust of the earth and we're going to make him in our image and in our likeness for them to have dominion, to subdue, and to manage what I'm putting them in charge of. Saul now becomes a man of dominion and a man of victory. You see, when God's on your side, you can't help but win. When God's on your, and, and there's some things that we don't understand why it didn't come out the way we wanted it to come out, but God has a purpose and God has a plan and God will turn around what the devil intended for bad. He will turn it around for our good. You know, sometimes that's, that's hard to hear when we're going through issues. It's hard to hear when we're going through the problems. I, I want to take you into 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to look at verse 1 through verse 5. Verse 1 says, as Paul, Paul is talking, he's, he's, he's had a vision. He said, it's not expedient for me to, uh, me doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations. Now, in other words, he separates the two. They're not the same. They're, they're, they're two forms of information. You can have a vision without having revelation. He brings him to visions and revelations of the Lord. Verse 2, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up into the third heaven. Now, I want to stop here just for a moment because there's a lot of controversy in the church world of people that have had dreams about destruction taking place and seeing things unfold. Now, let me talk about this for a moment because you can have dreams in two different realms. You can have a dream in the second heaven or you can have a dream in the third heaven. The second heaven is where the prince and the power of the air resides. That's where Lucifer begins to speak what his intention is for the earth. The third heaven is where God himself dwells. And if you get into that third heaven and dream in the third heaven, you're actually hearing what God's intent for the earth is. I know many people that are prophesying and having dreams in the second realm and they're misinterpreting that as God's voice speaking to them and they don't know and they cannot distinguish between Lucifer's voice and God's voice because they have chosen not to push themselves through to the third heaven. Yes, it takes work to push yourself through into that dimension. And so many, many are coming out with a prophetic word, but they're actually prophesying like Jezebel's prophets, 850 of them prophesied what Jezebel wanted them to speak. And now they're cursing this America instead of hearing what God's intent is for America. I don't believe that God is finished with America yet. I don't think America is over. I believe God has great plans for America and America is going to set the pathway for the world to see 
God moving. I wish that these so-called prophets would get themselves out of the second heaven and push themselves into the third heaven to hear what God has to say about a thing instead of what Lucifer's intention is for the world. Deviated there a little bit. And he knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that, how that he caught up into, the, into paradise and heard unspeakable words. Wouldn't you like to get caught up into paradise? Wouldn't you like to get caught up into that third heaven where you can't even, even explain what you're seeing? You can't even comprehend because you've never seen anything like that. He was caught up into paradise, verses right before that said into the third heaven, and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For I thought I would desire to glory, I shall, be, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Paul is saying it was 14 years ago, I had a vision and I was caught up into the third heaven and I was not able to release what I saw at that moment. 14 years later, he now has an open door for him to speak what he saw 14 years ago. 14 years he held this until the right time, until God released him to begin to speak what he saw in this heavenly realm. Paul actually saw himself in the future. Now, let me, let me talk about that just for a moment because the, the moment that you're able to see yourself in the future is the moment that you now have equipped yourself with weapons that whatever storm comes against you, you know that you're not going to be taken out because you have seen yourself in the future. When, when, Peter, when Peter was thrust into, into a prison, <clears throat> and the word says that he went to sleep. Now, they won't kill him the next day. He went to sleep. How can someone, knowing that they're going to lose their life the next morning, have the peace to fall asleep? except that Peter had insight on his future and he knew he hadn't got to the end of his road. You see, when you know the end from the beginning and you know where you're going and you have that relationship with God to have the revelation of who you are and where you're going and what your purpose is for the future, the world could come against you and it seems like you're going to lose your life but when you know your future from your present, you can now move into a dimension without fear and fall asleep when the enemy is whispering in your ear. I think that's pretty good. I think you can say amen now. I think that you can shout a little bit right there in your home, even in your PJs today. A lot of stagnant spiritual, let me say this, a lot of stagnant Christian folks that stay in one place and they're talking about 
past moves of God. <coughs> but they're not talking about future moves of God. Could it be that their candle is out? Could it be that they are sitting in one place, living on past history and conjuring for their present what is dead in the past? That's a dangerous place to be, I believe. Paul, Paul talks about these mysteries and he talks about these things of the kingdom that we need to explore and begin to dig into the word of God so that we can understand where we're going. See, this word of God is revelation. It is a sudden impelling force or action that illuminates our life and begins to drive you. So don't tell me if you've been stagnant for years that you're moving in the place where God wants you to be because you have no revelation of tomorrow, much less for today. Your revelation is stuck in the past. And you're relying on past moves of God. Well, we've got to sing that song that stirred everything back then. Well, oh, it's great and wonderful, and it's a feel-good moment. <clears throat> but is it bringing you to a place of revelation for today and for your future? You see, I believe that there are a lot of believers that their light has become dim. When you look at Eli, Eli was a priest. Samuel was enrolled in his school by his mother and left there and made him a new coat every year. But if you look at Eli's life, the word says that he became obese and his eyesight became dim. In other words, there was not new revelation that was taking place in his life and his life. His spiritual eyes became dim and he could not see the future and make a distinction of his future versus his today. You see, we have to have revelation in order to give us hope for tomorrow. In order for us to move into what God has for us, I have to study the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to cause these words that are written years ago that have such prophetic insight for my life today to begin to speak to me. When I look at the woman with the issue of blood, I love this story. This woman said within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Now, when you look at the event that was taking place, Jesus was walking through a city to go to deal with a child that was dying. And here's this woman that has this issue of blood for 12 years now. And she says within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And, and, and she pushes her way through the crowd, the the. the, the entourage of people that are escorting Christ and now the crowd is gathering because they heard of the great wonders that Jesus had, has done and they're all reaching and touching and wanting to have an audience with him, wanting to, 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 for him to turn and touch them and he's now going to deal with a child that's 12 years old that's dying. I think there's some revelation in that when we start looking at 12 years, she's sick 
and 12-year-old child now is dying. I think that the existing church, if, it, if we don't get it right, then the emerging church doesn't have a hope for life. Yeah, the existing church today, if we don't get things together and get it right in our soul, there is an emerging church, another generation that's coming up that doesn't have hope unless the church today gets it right. So the emerging church has the ability for its diseases to be healed. It's strongholds to be removed. It's, it, it's issues to, to be purged from. And all we have to do is touch Jesus. Now, it, it takes an effort. You know, there, there are people in Scripture where that, that they cry out to the Lord and he didn't pay them any attention. They were rehearsing what others had said and they were just replicating what the words were and the prayers. Oh, Oh, wonderful person, wonderful Jesus, wonderful, touch me. And he's not moved by your repetition. He's moved by the sincerity of your heart to reach out with an earnest heart to touch him. And he responds to that. All these other people that were touching him was not moving him. But when this woman that was inflicted in her body 12 years now, she's dealing with this, and she spent all that she had with all the physicians and all the people uh, that she was going to get a cure from, and she, she was none better, the King James says. And when she reached out and touched Jesus, Jesus turned and said, Woman, your faith has made you whole. Now, I wonder, I wonder why she was different than all the other people that were touching him. Could it be that the sincerity of her heart pushed her into a place that caused her candle to light? That caused her to cry out and call upon him and her faith pulled her into that place to receive her healing? God always speaks to the prophetic nature in our life, and yes, I believe that every one of us has a prophetic nature that God is speaking to. He causes us to be kings and priests and prophets. And we have a prophetic nature that is craving for the illumination of revelation, the word of God, to change us and to give us direction of where we're needing to go. But we have this wrestling match between the negative person and the positive person that is in us. We have a, a wrestling match between the spirit man and the carnal man. Which one are you going to allow to come forward and touch Christ? Are you going to allow your spirit man to reach out and touch the hem of his garment? I believe that that's where the woman with the issue of blood was. She now moved into a place of the realms of the spirit and her spirit person, the new person, even as it's said about Saul, you would become another man. Here she is sick in her body, weak in her body, and she became another woman. Jesus turned to the light that was in her and responded to the light. I believe that the reason he's saying to Adam, where are you? 
is because Adam's light was extinguished and he's now in darkness. And God, not knowing sin and cannot sin, cannot lie, could not even see into darkness. And this is what he was trying to prevent Adam and Eve from entering into. And he said, of this tree, you will not partake of. And if you eat from it or even touch it, he says, you will surely die. Revelation. <clears throat> I'm not even going to go into trying to pronounce the Greek word, but it actually means to, to remove the veil or to reveal, which we in English get the word apocalypse, which means to remove the veil and to expose. In other words, the revelation of this thing. But yet we need to know what to do with what we have received. I want to go to another scripture here in Romans chapter 16. I want to go to verse 25. Paul is teaching here. He's now giving his benediction to the church. He's... Um, He's now saying some things in this that if you're just reading over, you, you don't catch it, but when you start studying it and looking at it, you're going to find, why did he say it that way? Look at this, verse 25. <clears throat> now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. That, that, that triggers me right there. Why does he say the gospel of Jesus Christ or the gospel of the kingdom? He says, my gospel. And the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which has kept secret since the world began. He's saying, what he's saying here is, I have a revelation of the gospel of the kingdom, this mystery that has been covered up. He says, God has revealed it to me and I am so bought into this now that it's become my gospel. I believe this so strong that it's mine. You see, God wants all of us to know his word, not just from the historical moment and not just to be able to rehearse it or, or to quote scripture, but it becomes ours. That in my soul, I can say this is my truth. This is the revelation that God has given to me, and I'm taking ownership of this. I believe that there are a lot of people that don't take ownership of what God has given to them, and they allow it to sift through their hands like sand. I'm going back to Saul now in 1 Samuel, where that Saul is told by Samuel to go amongst the prophets that's going to come out of the high place, and when you get around them and they start prophesying, you prophesy with them. You prophesy also, and you will become another person. You will become another man. You see, when you get into the presence of God, it causes you to become another person, another man, another woman. It causes you to get into that place where your spirit man comes alive. But what do we do with the carnal man that wants to fight against the spirit man. And the word says that the carnal man is enmity against God. 
I have to arrest him. I have to bind him up and cause him to be speechless so that I can hear what God has to say. By the prophetic scriptures that come out of this word, it should change us every time we read it. Every time we sit down and open up the word, it should give us insight for our future. Not for our past, because old things have passed away and all things have become new. So if I can take myself and turn myself from the way it used to be to the way it's going to be, I'm ahead of the game. I'm in a place that God can actually begin to speak to me through revelation and begin to illuminate that revelation that I can see my tomorrow just as clear as I'm standing here looking at my today. But when I have focus on my tomorrow, it gives me the ability to fight demonic forces in my today that's trying to destroy me. You see how important it is to have vision? The word says a man without a vision is going to perish. Why? Because he has no hope for tomorrow and he has nothing to fight with in his today and he begins to perish because there's no hope. The word speaks to us about hope. It speaks to us about faith. Now faith is the evidence of things hoped for. You know, when we start looking at the word, the word of God is so laid out for us and gives us such insight, such revelation. The word says, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. But many people want to hold on to the past instead of looking to their bright future of tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the past. I'm even tired of today. So I have to have hope for tomorrow by looking into what God has spoken over my life into my future. You say, well, I have, not, I have no prophet to prophesy. I have nobody to, to speak over my life. You know what? You have the greatest thing to speak over your life. It's called the Word of God. Yeah. It's still alive today. I don't need some prophet to come and prophesy, although that's good and it's wonderful. If I dig into the Word and I allow the Holy Spirit to so work in me, He's going to reveal to me that Word that's going to change my life forever and I will become another man. I will become the spirit man that God has designed from the beginning. You see, when man fell, we've been on a journey to get back into right relationship with God. But God has ordered a prescription of what we need to do to get back to him. It's not a religious facade that we're just rehearsing prayers and we're just rehearsing things and we have this dialogue and we're going through life with this religious issues. Let's just get real with God and become spiritual. Let's get real with God and have a real relationship with him. This bothers me. 
at the end of time, when we transition from this world into what God has for us, we're going to stand before God and he's going to say one of two things. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in. I want to hear that. I know you want to hear that too. But then there will be people that will hear this. Depart from me. I never knew you. And they respond saying this, but Lord, we cast out devils in your name. We healed the sick in your name. We prophesied in your name. How can you say you don't know us? I go back to Saul. When Samuel tells to Saul, go and prophesy with these prophets and you'll become a new man. And Saul Instead of staying that different man, instead of staying that spirit man, he chose back to go to his carnal nature. So yes, maybe they prophesied. Yes, maybe they healed the sick. Maybe, maybe, maybe they fell back to their carnal man and they lost their light. And God's saying, there's no reflection of me in you. You don't have the light that I am in you. The word says, if you, Jesus is talking right before he goes to raise Lazarus from the dead and his disciples are arguing with him and saying, yeah, if we go back, Thomas is saying, if we go back, then we'll all be stoned. And Jesus says, if you walk in the light, you'll not stumble. But if you walk in darkness, you're going to stumble because there is no light found in you. Now, that's an interesting way to express it. There's no light found in you. Adam, where are you? There was no light found in Adam, so God couldn't find him. If you walk in darkness, you're going to stumble because there's no light found in you. We're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be those that are illuminating others' lives around us because we have a, such a relationship with God that we're walking in the Spirit. They that walk in the Spirit are the sons of God. Wow. If you want to operate in the things of God, let His light shine in you and you become the light of the world. I hope you got something from this message today. And if you're in a place today, you're saying, you know, I used to have a relationship with God and I used to feel his presence and I used to rejoice and I, I used to have peace, but something happened. Could it be that you reverted back to the soulish nature, to the carnal man, and you're not walking as a spirit man? You're not walking in the spirit with God. If that's what you feel today, you can change that. We in this building, we can change how we walk by allowing ourselves to become desperate for him, not out of a ritual calling out to him, but out of an earnest heart. It's like the woman. She says, you know what? I'm diseased. I've got a, a fountain of blood that's not ceasing right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm dying by the minute, and I, I'm weaker by the second. And she said within herself, not what others were saying and not what others 
worth saying that she could repeat. But she said, within herself, if I could just touch him, I'll be made whole. Let me tell you today, if you can just touch him, and he's there for you. He's right there. All you have to do is reach out, cry out to him, and say, God, I need you. I need you back in my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of the, the carnal nature in my life that keeps speaking to me. Help me, oh God, to be a new person. Help me to be that new man that you're calling me to be. Help me to be that new woman that you're calling me to be. God, I need you in my life. Would you say that prayer with me? Those of you that are in here today, if you're needing to have that relationship renewed, then pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come into the lives of the people that are watching and those that are here today. Just as Samuel began to prophesy to Saul, when you get around these prophets, when you get around the word, let the revelation come forward and let that prophetic utterance begin to come that changes our life. Father, I ask you to touch each person here today, those that are in the building and those that are watching by whatever means that they're watching. I ask you, God, that you would stir in their heart your spirit once again. Lord, let them feel your presence. They know that you're real. They know that you exist, but it's like that we've been separated by the decisions that we've made, and we need to come back to you. And today we choose to come back into your presence. Touch us today, O oh God. Father, heal our land. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would cause these storms that are brewing in the Gulf and threatening the, the Gulf Coast, that you would cause them to diminish, Lord. Father, cause us to be healed in our land emotionally and physically, O oh God. Let your peace come upon this world that we can know you, that we can walk with you, that you can give us information and instruct us on how to live. And Father, we give you praise and give you glory for what you're doing. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to thank you for joining us today on YouTube, Facebook. If you would, just like our program. If you like it, if you don't like it, then don't do anything. But this word today is a challenging word for all of us to move into a place that God can use us and we can have peace in our life. So thank you for joining us. I just, I, I, I'm just i going to say this. I want you to remember this, that God has a miracle for you.